Blog Talk Radio. Fantasy Sports and Politics. You want to talk back? You in the right place. So take a step back before I get all up in your face. I know you got to live. You know I got mine. But there's like 50 other dudes holding on the phone line. Your voice will be heard, sir. Next caller, please. And if I don't concur, we can agree to disagree. We're talking fantasy sports and Drop that bass as I get in your face. It's me, it's me, it's Jeff SP. I do because I do it for you all day, every day. Welcome to Fantasy Sports and Politics. And you know what? We turned all the way up. Nothing can stop me. I'm all the way up. Check this out, ladies and gentlemen. We've got a jam-packed show for you today. I'm hoping my co-host, JTAT and Money, calls in so we can get this in and do what we do. Because I'm quite sure he has a couple of views that I do not agree with. And some that he does agree with, or he might agree with, I don't know. Um, but bottom line is, we're talking about the NFC West. And uh, there's some happenings in, in basketball. Some people, not much so. They're, they're questioning whether or not he deserved to be paid more than James Harden on an annual basis. I say yes. I'll explain that once we get into it. Um, There's also some, uh, mm, let's say, uh, issues (laughs) in Cleveland is the city where they come from, so I'm right. Be set up for a very long time with or without LeBron. Now, look at the teams he wants to go to. He's talking about Minnesota, and Minnesota is going to be off the chain to get him, Jimmy Butler, a few other players they already got. Um, listen, it's, 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 it's something special, something special. You, he wants to go to the Spurs, um, a couple other teams. Granted, the Cavs aren't going to give him his wish. They're going to get what they can out of the team they trade him to. He might might just want to watch it be the focal point of the team. He's the focal point in Sacramento. Now, he can get him a dude out there, two dudes out there with him. He can turn him around. I recall when Chris Weber and, you know, Mr. White Chocolate, Mr. Williams himself, and one other character out there made Sacramento – uh, a team to be reckoned with So it's possible Vitaly is not stupid Regardless of what people say How about this Now this would be the crazy thing And the two characters It makes it interesting I'm not going to pay for it Definitely not I'll find a way to see what happens But like I said If he Being Floyd Mayweather does not knock out uh, Conor McGregor and he takes it the entire distance of a fight 
was not quite sure if Jerry was here. He would have his own opinion on that, um, but not. So I'll wait for him. Ah, there he is right there. There he is. JTATM Money. What's going on? How you doing, man? How's it going? I'm doing well. My headphones are working, and I can hear everything. And I just put the devil up, and you came on. But let's not talk about Floyd and, and McGregor. Let's get to what's going the real boxing match or the real uh, issue at hand. Let's talk about a little bit of NBA basketball before we go to the NFC West. Um, I'm going to pose the question to you. Have you heard about the um, John Wall signing with the Wizards? No, I haven't. Enlighten me. Four years, 178 or 174. Four years, 174? Yes. So, essence, he is making more than James Harden is. So now John Wall is the highest play payer. $43.5 million a year. That's what it's looking like. So. Oh, my God. Really? <laughs> wow. Yes. Wow. Wow. So then the question becomes, because a lot of people um, that I've seen online have said, uh, there's no way he should be making more than James Harden. I'm like, I think he is. He's worth every penny to that organization. So the comparison, would you have done that for John Wall? Would you have done it for uh, James Harden? And which organization made the better decision to do it? Well, in my opinion, and this is just yes. my opinion, I know I'm not a Wizards fan, but um, 174 for four years, $43.5 million for John Wall. I'll sum it up in three words. No way. No way. No way. James Harden it, it, it was an MVP candidate. Been, been an MVP candidate more than once. Uh, more valuable to his team because he's instant offense to his team. There's not too many options other other than James Harden. Now, I mean, did they oh, add yes, what, Paul uh, George? Wait, wait, wait a minute, they added Paul George. But, but James Harden's the the uh, and and I'm not saying John Wall is, but isn't James Harden is the face of the franchise. So it's and, not, and, oh, okay. I'm going to let you finish. And, and, and James Harden, in my opinion, is a better player than John Wall. And uh, I, $174 million for four years. Now, if it was 174 for seven years or something like that, maybe – Twenty five, maybe thirty million dollars a year. Uh, I could un- I could understand that for John Wall, but four years, one hundred and seventy four million dollars. 
$43.5 million a year. That's crazy. That's crazy. You're Better using value. the mixer, aren't you? Yeah, why? I can tell the difference. But go ahead. Okay. That's just like, it's just like you're being James Harden right now when you should be okay. John Wall. But go ahead. Go ahead. Well, it, well let, me, let me ask you something. Is it good or bad, what I'm talking about? Um, if you, if I just said I prefer to do the John Wall deal and John Wall's better than James Harden for the team, that would indicate me calling you James Harden, not good. Echo, echo, echo and feedback. Echo and feedback, really? Echo and yeah, feedback. Yeah, a little feedback. Just a little feedback. Okay. But go ahead. All finish right. finish your analysis. No, I'm, I'm finished. I'm finished. I'm finished, man. Okay, well, I got to disagree with you on the simple fact that James Harden, yes, he is the face of that franchise. To say that there is nothing there before Chris uh, Paul came, I disagree with you. Trevor Ariza, lights-out shooter, former Wizard, uh, you had... That's not even close. Uh, not even close. But but he is a scoring threat. You also Not have, even uh, close. Oh my goodness! You also have some very good young talent there. Capel, uh, Capella, I believe his name is, a young guy. Uh, again, team in the West. Honestly, I thought, and I think they were the third, the number three seed, if I'm not mistaken, in the West. But uh, John Wall means more to the Wizard franchise than James Harden is to the Rockets. The reason why I say that is take John Wall off of the Wizards, the Wizards don't make the playoffs. You take James Harden off of the uh, Rockets last year now, because this year it's going to be a struggle with all the talent in the West. They they aren't the number three seed. They're fighting with the Pelicans and somebody else to get that number eight seed. Well, then you just, just made no. my point that, that uh, no, 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 you no, just no, made my no, point. No, 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 no. No, no. You, you, you misunderstand what I'm saying. Without John Wall, the Wizards aren't even a consideration for the playoffs. But without James Harden, at least the Rockets are in contention for the playoff spot. That, that's the difference. Now, does he deserve four years, $174 million? For what he means to that team, yes, but that squeezes a lot of money away from Bradley Bill. Morris and any other free agent they might try to sign next year because I don't think they're going to be able to get anybody worth their salt to come in this year and play uh, small forward, power forward. Well, Morris plays power forward, but they really need a. Otto Porter went to the uh, for the money. I don't blame him because you only get paid once or twice in professional sports. So Otto Porter went to the Nets, and he came on towards the end of the season. This was a very good year for him, and during the playoffs, he was a very good player. But the Wizards need a small forward that can score the ball and can play defense. Um, once they get that consistent player, they'll be good. They have young talent, but no one anyone's worried about. Now, with the enlightenment that Kyrie Irving wants to be traded, and I told you, and I told other people, that the Cavs are going to be 
like the third or fourth seed next year. The things that are going on in Cleveland are making that even more of a likelihood. But the Wizards, I said they will be the two or three, but they'll be ahead of the Cavs. Now, I think the uh, East is between the Celtics and the Wizards. That's what I think. Will it happen? I don't know. But the money John Wall just got hampers them just a little bit. Just a little bit. Not too much. Because I'm looking at what the Rockets have. They just paid Harden. Paul is there on a one-year deal, I believe. He's got one year or, or it's, not a, it's not a long-term contract. I know that. They're talking about getting mellow or, or somebody else. Money's going to be thin, and that bench is going to be really thin. Really thin. So I'm like, mm, I think that John, I think the Wizards made a better decision for the future, whereas the Rockets are playing for the right here, right now. And John Wall can get the uh, Wizards to respectability and possibly to the uh, Eastern Conference Championship. NBA title, not without a, a good small forward. I don't think they can do it without a good small forward. But the Rockets, they're going to be in a dogfight. They're not going to be the number two seed or the three seed, even with what they have. They're going to be lucky to be the fourth seed. I'll be honest with you. Looking at what's in the West now, uh, it's going to be tough. So I think the Wizards made the better decision in um, paying – uh, John Wall, the money he got now, than uh, the Rockets did a couple weeks ago paying Harden. But let's transition to the Cavs situation. Thoughts about this Cavs situation? And it's reported that, you know, Derek uh, Rose is maybe going to do a one-year deal in Cleveland. He's close to it. What are your thoughts? Well, Kyrie Irving supposedly wants out, wants to get traded. Uh, I guess the substitute would be Derrick Rose. Um, uh, Derrick Rose is a backup, in my opinion, right now. Uh, I don't think he's a starter material. Uh, I think his better days is behind him. But uh, it is a better choice for Derrick uh, Derek Rose to, to join that team than the guy I really don't even know how he ever gets a job year in and year out in Darren Williams, who was a no-show uh, and a no-go uh, in, the, in the finals uh, and really no, no, played no, bad no. in the playoffs. Darren uh, Williams was a, no, was a no-go and a no-show in the finals. I don't know where you, you think anything different, but that the statistics bear it out. That he was a no he, show and a no go in the finals. He was he absolutely horrible. Court, he, he was, he on, was the court, on the court. He was the when court, he was on the court, he, on the court. he played absolutely horrible. I, I watched no, the finals. I watched every what? Darren Williams. You know who Darren Williams is? Come I on, know who Darren stop. Williams is. Oh my he, God! He he was not terrible. He was horrible. He wasn't God. He was horrible. No, no. He was horrible. He wasn't. Oh my God, Victor! The, I, I don't want to. I don't want to get. I don't want to get into this conversation because obviously you, you don't know basketball. You can't. 
Obviously, no, no. Obviously, I do, you don't know. You can't say that. You can't say that when Kyrie Irving was, was on the floor for the majority of the time. You can't say that. He was, Darren Williams got he was, garbage time. He got he garbage was, time. No, no, he, he didn't. Did. No, he didn't. No, he didn't. No, he didn't. Mm. You didn't watch the games. I watched. Or all you, five you watched games. It. All five he, games. All five he games. He was good. Darren Williams did not. He, was, he did not fall five. He was garbage. He was garbage. Oh, my goodness. He was garbage. He was garbage. He was absolutely no. horrible. Well, let me put it this way. He was way. not the Mets. He was not the Mets. Stop comparing him to the Mets. <laughs> Listen to what I'm saying. Listen to what I'm saying, too. Now, you're saying he didn't get that much playing time. The reason he didn't get that much playing time, because when he got in the game, he played that bad. That's the reason why he didn't. He, he wasn't in the game because he played that bad. I don't know. I, I don't know how many how many shots he actually made in the finals. That's how bad he was. You could probably count. You could probably I don't care less about that. You could probably count on your hand the amount of total shots he made in all the five games. That's how bad he was. I don't know what you okay. were, what you're looking at. That's how bad he was. I doubt it, but listen. I, 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 this isn't the Darren Williams bashing or or uplifting segment. This is the Derrick Rose. No, the, the, one the reason day. why I'm saying the reason why I'm saying is you have a better chance of getting more offense and more out of a player in Derrick Rose than a, at the at the backup point guard. Then you have Darren Williams. Darren Williams was a was a waste, absolute waste. In 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 the playoffs, let me let me tell you let me tell you how bad he was. And I'm looking at his statistics: field goals made a game, one point six; field goals attempted, three three point six; three so pointers, he took four shots, and he made point. Wait a minute, one point every four. Point. He only took four point, shots a game. Finish four it. Four shots a game. I'm Four not. I'm not game, finished yet. Jerry. Oh my goodness. Uh, wait a minute. Okay, he took four shots a game. Okay, he didn't even average. Uh, uh, um. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Now he's a point guard, right? He's a point guard, right? Yeah. Yeah. He's a point guard. Am, am I right about that? So is Kyrie. Um, and Ky- Kyrie average average. Uh, a lot uh, better. shots a game. Let me tell you something. Yeah. yeah field goals. Field I'll, goals attempted twenty point six versus and field goals made nine point six. So he took a lot of shots. He took a lot exactly. of shots. Exactly. Exactly. That was Kyrie, not not Darren. Darren was trying to be a facilitator. A point guard is not supposed to be taking twenty shots a game. Point guard is supposed to be facilitating. Now I I grant you that. That Williams was not facilitating that great. I grant you that. But his job is not to be scoring the ball every time down the court. That's what Kyrie does. That's what these new age cards do. But if you're going to tell me that Williams is being, based upon your judgment, is is terrible, it's horrible because when he's only averaging four, if he's averaging four shots a game and and he's not getting that time per game, you cannot say that. That's that's terrible. Let me let me let me let me 
Let me tell you what happened. Um, I don't have my, my PC. Hold on. Something happened. It called a BS on you. That's what happened. Your PC called oh, BS on what you're talking about. No. Um, what I'm saying is this. Darren Williams only averaged, and this is because when he was in the game, he played that bad, and he wasn't providing anything on offense. And he's not a good defensive player at, at all because he's pretty, he's pretty slow. So he was only averaging 4.8 minutes a game. And and when he was in there, he was horrible. Okay. He was horrible. He was horrible. So, dude, if he's in five minutes a game, come on now. Come on. He Granted, was, I'm not he, saying he's the next he was I'm horrible. not saying he's the next best thing since like Brett. But Derek Rose, Derek Rose is is a good person to have in there. I say having both both of them he would be a good fit for that team. He, Obviously, okay. you weren't yeah. watching the games. Obviously, you weren't watching the games. How was I because oh my because that, that, that's, that, that's the reason. Let me put it this way. He, he, uh, uh, um, you know what? Obviously, you weren't watching the games. There, no, no, listen, bro. I'm no, not no, saying. No, you know what? Rose is not a, it's not a, a up, a, a step up from. From Williams. I'm not saying that. What I am saying, though, is what? I'm going to revise what I just said because I, I was looking at the wrong Williams. Darren Williams was, played 14.6 million minutes a game out of, in the 18 games. Average four points per okay. game. Four points per game. Four points per okay, game. At a point guard. At point guard. At a point Which is not point supposed guard. to be a, which is not supposed to be a scoring position. But go ahead. If he if he comes in as a substitute and he puts that type of minutes in, you got to put some points on the board more than four points. Let, Jerry, here's the thing. You said the, the, the championship. He stopped. Then you go to he the playoffs. But he no, 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 no. You Dude, you can't you can't give an average for the whole playoffs. Your argument talking about the championship uh, series. So of course, over the duration of the playoffs, he had more time to play because the Cavs were blowing people out, and then he he played like pretty much quarter during but the playoffs. He, but when it get, but when, when it got got, when it got to, to the finals, to the, the finals, he stunk. He stunk. He had. Okay. We can agree, agree okay. to disagree. We can move on. We can move on from that. We can agree to disagree. Because you're because... wrong. You're wrong. Okay. If you want to say I'm wrong, wrong, fine. Yeah, okay. No problem. No problem. I, I'm, I'm, for, what's the sense of arguing? The what, what's, the sense, what's the sense of going through this if I'm wrong, Victor? Okay? The, what's the sense the of going sense through this? Is this? The, the sense is this. We're talking about Derrick Rose is signing for one year. You start to land base. Uh, you know Williams, and then you went to his stats for the for the uh, championships, and then because that didn't suit your fancy, you went to the entire playoffs to conflate or inflate the numbers. Okay. Because okay, here we go, here we go, Victor, here we go, here we go. I'm I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna cancel I'm gonna cancel you out right now to see how 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 bogus is your, that, what I'm talking about. The first game, yeah, Golden State. Wait a minute. 
<clears throat> the first game in Golden in Golden State where the uh, uh, Golden State won. He played 19 minutes. 19 minutes. Okay. Okay. Out of and, uh, what? 48 48-minute game. Field goals attempted. Okay. He was 0 for 4. Three points. He was 0 okay. for 2. Wait a minute. He scored no points. Second game in Golden State, oh. he 14 points. He was 0 for 5. 0 for 5. Four, no points. No points. points. So you made 14 nope. minutes or 14 points? Because you said 14, 14 points. 14. Seven. No. He was in there for 14 minutes. He was 0 for 5. Okay. 0 for Oh, for two for okay. three point range, and I was right. I was right about him him making less than a handful of shots because I'm right. Um, and he scored no points. Game uh, oh, three in Cleveland. He was because he was playing so bad in the first two games. He only played four minutes, and and and, and he was zero for two when he was in there. Scored another donut. So. Now, his big scoring output, the second game in Cleveland, where Cleveland won their only game, he played 12 minutes, he was two for three, one for two from three-point range, and he scored five points. You know what he did the last game that Golden State won? In in Golden State, he he played another 12 minutes, another 12 sparkling minutes. 0 for 2, 0 for 2 for 3, <laughs> and scored zero points. Oh so the goodness. total the total output of Darren Williams, and I was right, he scored less than a handful of shots and only scored a handful of points. Exactly. Five points in the okay. five games they played, and he averaged very, 12. He averaged a little more than 12 minutes high. a game. He <laughs> averaged a little more than Listen. 12 minutes he averaged a little more than 12 minutes a game, which is a decent uh, uh, time for uh, okay. someone to get in the game and, and do what they do. And he stunk, I'm telling okay, you. Listen. And you're not listening to me. Okay, listen. I just, I just, Dude, I just I, put, I, I, I'm I just put what whatever you said to rest. I, whatever you're trying to justify, no, I put you it to didn't. rest. No, oh, for, you didn't. You only scored five points in five because, games. Okay, Come on. that's the question. Okay, we're going to get off this in one minute, but. How many assists did he have in all those games? How many? Assists? How many assists? Hold, hold on, hold on. Let, let, me, let me, let me, let me, let me look at the assists. Because let me see. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. That's what a point guard does. Okay. Okay. You want you want you want the assists? Do you really want to go there? Do you really want to go there? Tell me. Tell, tell me you want to go there. Tell, tell me you want to go there. I want to go there. Well, I want to go there. He he in his first game. It was one assist. In the second game, it was okay. three assists. The next two games, okay. a big donut. And that's in Cleveland. A big donut. Two games straight in Cleveland. Okay. And in the last game, he had two, two assists. So he scored five points total for five games, and he had six assists in five games. Come on, man. Come on. He stunk. He stunk. He stunk. Listen. JT, he stunk. JT. Victor, you can't admit it. He, you can't admit first, it. Listen, I'm not saying the dude is he stunk. You know, a great replacement. What I'm oh, saying come on. Now is you're trying to back up. Beep. As you, beep. No, beep. no. Beep. I, no, that's you. That's you. 
That's you and your utility truck. We know how you and Michael Finley are. Is he still in your? Is he still in your your cargo net? Michael Jackson, um, you doing a Michael Jackson? Hey, listen. <laughs> I told you, man. No, not at I gave all. you the. I told you the statistics, and you still you still think it's fake news. Come on, Victor. Come on, stop. No, I didn't. I didn't tell, I'm it. telling One, you. I never I'm said telling, it was fake news. Stop it. I'm stop telling you. I'm never telling you he stunk. What I'm saying is, okay. All right. Well, we're moving on, and I I I disagree with you. Uh, on the fact that he stunk or he stinks, I just think that uh, twelve minutes, five he, points in five games, he, six assists in, in five games, and you say he didn't stink? Come on, stop! He and Derek, he and Derek Rose will make a good backcourt with LeBron James because you move Williams to point guard and you have Rose at shooting guard. That works out very well with LeBron James playing small or power. He was so small because he got Tristan Thomas playing power. Um, the point is that carrying the ball 20 times a game requires power and valor, not niftiness. The water bug and whippet backs rarely survive the wail and howl of the banshee. Stacked defenses in the pros. They must meld the buck of a billy goat with a sudden surge of a sprint. He does not move with polish or slickness. His method is not Grand Prix, but demolition derby. And here's the deal, ladies and gentlemen. You know, when we play that, that means it's time to do football. When it's time to do some football, it's time to get rough. Before I hit the music, before I get into my whole NFC West spill, Jerry, overall, NFC West, your thoughts on the division as a whole? Um, it's going to be a half of the division is going to be competitive. Um, like two teams that have quarterback issues um, that may field a decent defense, uh, meaning the Rams and the uh, 49ers, but uh, the offense, uh, both. Of those coaches I'm talking about from the Rams and for the um, 49ers, brand-new coaches, have a lot to prove, um, along with their offenses, uh, um, have a lot to prove. I think it's a two-team two race to win the division between the Arizona Cardinals and the Seattle Seahawks. Um, I think Arizona is going to make, make a, a, a comeback due to what happened to them last year. I think they play a lot better. And uh, uh, Seattle is going to have their hands full with the Arizona Cardinals um, because uh, uh, I think the those two teams are the only the class of the class of the league. So it's going to be a two-team race, in my opinion. Arizona Cardinals, Seattle. All right. Well, ladies and gentlemen, since he brought that up and he made those comments, I'll play this music. Now, here's the deal. It's what we live for. It's what we strive for. It's game time. 
with that being said, let's talk about the Arizona Cardinals. At the line, they have an insider. And they believe the Arizona Cardinals are the toast of the division, as do I. Jake, is that music overpowering uh, what I'm saying? Yeah. Okay. So what I'm going to tell you, ladies and gentlemen, is it's – wow. I tried to bring it down. All right, here we go. An NFL team inside of Fields Key Fantasy Questions, will David Jackson get nearly 300 catches once again, or is it there another Cardinals running back who could wind up some fantasy relevance? Now, this happened just this week. Chris Johnson just signed a one-year deal to be David Johnson's backup. That means to me, to me, that means there's going to be a little time share, just a little. I think we got Jeff on the line, too. But let me get through this before I bring in our call from the 973. Cardinals coach Bruce Aaron said he wants Johnson to get 30 touches in the game. That includes passing and running the ball, of course. Do the math. Over a 16-game season, that's 480 times he has the ball in his hands. That kind of workload will expose Johnson to a lot of hits. But Arenas believes he's physical enough to have the duty. The other thing, Arizona doesn't have a second-string back who will, with enough carries to give fantasy value. Now, I'm telling you, they just signed Chris Johnson to a one-year deal, so they do now. Rookie T.J. Logan. Use as a third down receiver out of the backfield, but even that's if he, given how accomplished Johnson is catching the passes. The behind Johnson is well worth a top five pick in most fantasy leagues. And I will venture to tell you all this because uh, David Johnson is a former wide receiver, Bruce Aarons on his book tour has been saying that, that they're going to split him out as a receiver sometimes. Follow that. Some corner or linebacker is going to have to take him on in open field with the ball in his hands. Dangerous. And if you got Chris Johnson or Logan back there with a possible draw or a screen coming, oh, buddy. Carson Palmer is 37 years old, and this could be his last season. Will he rebound after a somewhat disappointing 2016, or should those numbers, 4,233 yards, 26 touchdowns, 14 interceptions, be the expectation. Dennis McCormick to improve greatly on his 2016 numbers. The fact is, Arizona's going to build its offense around Jackson. Palmer may throw for even fewer yards and touchdowns. Plus, Palmer took a beat when he dropped back deep last season. So, Arenas will incorporate more three-step drops, percentage passes, which could also impact Palmer's statistics. Now, another thing that... Uh, Arenas has been saying on the book tour is that Carson, he just had arm fatigue because uh, throughout the summer, he was throwing a lot. And when the season came towards the middle of the season, it just got worse and worse. So we made him stop throwing a lot. Now I know it's a Carson Palmer is a favorite of Jerry's. He's a big favorite of Jerry's, but this year, I don't know. Assuming Larry Fitzgerald is the number one receiver, which he should be. Who do you trust to be more productive in 2017, John Brown or J.J. Nelson? Brown and Nelson are essentially the same receiver. 
He's got great speed, but not big enough to go over the middle and make catches in traffic. Assuming Brown and the Cardinals have learned how to manage his sickle cell trait, he should wind up with the better numbers. I like Brown. John Brown, he's one of those, I'll be explosive for a couple weeks, and then I'll be quiet for another two or three weeks. And that's herky-jerky to me. I'm not a big John Brown fan, but he's a good person. I think that's partly why they're going to split David Johnson out a lot more, because J.J. Nelson and, and John Brown, they're your deep threats. They're going to run the seams. That gives Johnson underneath stuff, plus Gresham at tight end. Um, now, Drew Stanton is the backup. He's not going to do well if something happens to Carson, and neither will the Cardinals if something happened to Carson. Um, last year, at running back, David Johnson was the second leading receiver with 80 receptions. 80. Tack on another 20 to that, if not more this year. JT, before I bring in, I believe it's Jeff, uh, your thoughts about what was said um, about the Cardinals. Well, I th- like I said, I told you, th- I think they're going to make an, uh, uh, a comeback, so to speak. They were 7-8-1 and one last year uh, versus uh, they had double-digit wins um, the year before. And Carson Palmer balled out. I think all – all parties concerned in that offense are going to um, play better. Uh, the reason Carson had so many passes to David Johnson is because the off- offensive line in no time to actually. Oh, guys, excuse me. This is Jeff. Sorry. I'm on the road. I got to go. Uh, okay. Sorry. Catch you later. All right. All right. Throw, All right bye, throw, throw, the, throw the ball late. I mean, down the field and uh, um, get the ball to uh, John Brown or even Larry Fitzgerald or, um, and I forget the rookie's name. Uh, that's, that's uh, joined that, that, that's showing out uh, early in the mini camp and all. Running back or receiver? Receiver. Are you, are you saying running back or receiver? Are you talking about Re- receivers? I, yeah, I think it's, I think that's Yeah, yeah, yeah. So. Yeah, that was in um, the third round pick. Yeah, you, you, you right. I do have a uh, uh, soft spot for Carson Palmer, um, and I do believe that he what happened last year with uh, the host of injuries and um, not coming through in close games and uh, quite a few games that the Cardinals had, it's going to turn around. Um, John Brown is a lot healthier than he was last year, uh, and he's going to – he's just, he has a, a, I don't know if, it, how can I say it? He happens to be a, a, a favorite of Carson Palmer. They've worked out together more than once. And uh, uh, I think that's going to show on the field this year. Okay. I do like the Cardinals um, a, a lot this year. And I think their offense, uh, along with their defense, who's been pretty stellar um, uh, regardless of the injuries and, and the players they've lost, um, over the uh, off season, are are going to give, like I said, the Seahawks all they can handle. So here's my question: Do you think the loss of Calais Campbell is going to impact that defense on a large scale, no scale, or is it just going to be the leadership missed? Because Chandler Jones had 11 sacks last year, but Chandler Jones can't be shifted down to defensive tackle like Calais Campbell was. 
Calais Campbell played DN as well as uh, D tackle. He went to Jacksonville. How big of an impact about is that loss going to be on the coast defense? Well, you have a guy that's 6'8 and a motor that the, um, Calais Campbell has. Uh, it's going to be noticed. Let me put it that way. But I think that the the um, personnel they have in place or have acquired are be able to collectively pick up the slack and go forward in a way that will be effective for that defense. Okay. So you don't think he's going to be missed that much other than in a leadership role? Oh, no, 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 no. I told you, a presence, 6'8 presence like that, 300 pounds plus or whatever, and he, he's definitely going to be missed. But um, just like any other uh, football player or football team, next man up. Or, and like I said, collectively, it may not be just one person. It may, it may be a collection of people that help fill the void, maybe not completely, but help fill it enough that um, they'll be able to sustain the type of defense that they want to play. Okay. All right. Well, they have the 23rd toughest schedule, which equates to me one of the easier schedules in the NFL. And with uh, Carson being in the way that he is, hopefully uh, the Cardinals will capitalize on this schedule. And I think they will. Honestly, I think they're probably going to be the number three or number two seed in the NFC this year. So let's go down the list. They start off on the road, two games, at Detroit, at Indianapolis, Monday night in London. Then we think they have a bye, which is pretty good. It's the middle of the season, and, you know, it'll work out for them, I think. They come back, it's kind of hard for them, first couple games. At San Francisco, still Thursday night, at Houston, Jacksonville, the Rams, Tennessee, at Washington, the Giants at Seattle. Um, there's going to be a few upsets that I think are going to take place. I think they're going to upset a few of these teams. But for the most part, I'm looking at a couple teams that have quarterback issues, defensive issues, or on the rise. There's maybe four or five teams on their schedule that's pretty good to give the game to them. So I got them. 11 and 5, 12 and 4 uh, with this record, I mean, with, the, with this uh, schedule. It's going to be tough because, as I said, Tampa Bay is a team on the rise. Um, Dallas, they might, and I'm saying they're going to upset Dallas in week three because all the troubles the Cowboys have. Remember, all these players that got suspended on the defensive side of the ball, except for Zeke. Zeke might be suspended. We don't know yet. But he probably won't be back until week four. Arizona's going to get that. Um, they're going to split with Seattle. Which game they're going to win, I don't know. But I think they'll split with them. They'll beat Houston because they still won't have their quarterback situation figured out. Um, you might not think this is an upset, but I, I consider it an upset because I believe Tennessee is a more uh, suited team. I think Tennessee versus the Cardinals, that's an even match. I really think that's an even match. Some people may not think that. Uh, but I think they'll beat Tennessee uh, by a hair. I have them beating Washington because at that point in time, we're going to know if Washington's going to make the playoffs or not. I think by week 15, 
you're going to know if Washington is in the hunt for the playoffs or the division. And it all depends on Kirk Cousins and that running game. If Washington decides, I have to agree with you. Uh, I, I think they're going to be around eleven and five, twelve and four. Um, low point probably ten and six, but I think somewhere in that range between twelve and uh, and ten games is where they're at. Um, and uh, uh, they'll take it from there. <clears throat> now, what games do you see them losing? Twelve and four, you know. Let me or, let me or let, 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 let me enlighten you. I, I see him losing a game in Seattle for one. I also see him, and, and you, 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 you just glossed over it. Not say glossed over, it, but that's okay because I, I know I know the the kind of um, um, haterade that you that you're drinking against my Texas. Come on, dude. Come not, on. Not, Come on. Not now. too many. Not too many teams, and this is a, this is a statistical fact. If you all you have to do is look at the, the statistics of, of teams coming into Texas, in Houston, and winning, and it's very low. And I'm thinking that Houston's going to win that game. Um, um, the other games I see him losing possibly. Uh, and like I said, it's not who you play; it's it's when you play them. Uh, Wow, I see him losing the game. Believe it or not, I see him losing the Eagle game in Philly. I see him losing that game. I see him losing at least one game. I see them losing one game. Believe it or not, and this team is like uh, uh, the for the uh, Arizona Cardinals, the uh, Los Angeles Rams. I see him losing a game to the Los Angeles Rams without a shadow of a doubt. They they always give the the Cardinals fits regardless even when they were going well two years ago they gave them fits so I think they lost one of the games against the Rams if I'm not mistaken so uh, I see them losing the game against the Rams uh, I see them losing um, uh, at least one game against their division rivals so that's three games right there the, against the 49ers against the uh, Seattle Seahawks and uh, against the uh, uh, Los Angeles Rams, and at least one game, at least one game, outside of the division against the Eagles, and and possibly, strong possibly against the Texans. So, um, that's four or five games. So they're either eleven and five and twelve and four, somewhere around there. And if they don't watch it, they got two tough teams playing in their home state stadium against the Lions. They don't come out the way they're supposed to. They can get uh, slapped with a loss in, a, in one of the first two games, if not both of them. So they better be ready to play coming out against the Lions because the Lions are playing their home opener. First game this well, season in Detroit. Uh, and that's why I think, or where I think it might be a little trouble to begin with, but I'm going to beat Detroit. Mainly because uh, it's very good. It's very good. I think this, the, the receivers versus the DBs, that's a wash, if not in favor of Arizona. Um, Detroit's receivers versus on a secondary. Um, the offensive line versus defensive line, 
I think Arizona has the defensive line uh, over the Detroit offensive line. It would be, I would be certain of it if Calais Kent was there. Um, linebackers. So that's the that's the thing. Jones was the you know big surprise him last year. He's coming off an injury. Uh, and and the other linebackers for Arizona, which is the running backs for Detroit. That's where it's it's iffy. Amir Abdullah has the ability to break through and take it the distance. You know, Theo Riddick, they don't run him a lot. They throw the ball to him a lot, though. And you got him in space versus some of those linebackers. Eh. But that's the main difference in that game, uh, in my opinion. But we'll see. But let's move on to the next team. And because Sean McVay is the new coach of this team, you know, he had a he young guy, good guy, not mad at him, but I got to play lemonade because I'm a little bitter. I got a little lemonade for you, ladies and gentlemen. We're talking about the Los Angeles Rams. And since we're going to talk about the Los Angeles Rams, let me uh, tell you what Athlon says about the Rams. An NFL team insider fields key fantasy questions. How big of a rebound should we expect from Todd Gurley this season? And I'm going to tell you guys, Todd Gurley is going to have a monster year. Monster year. I, people are going to let him drop to probably the lower half of the first round, maybe even to the middle part of the second round. They'll be foolish to do so. This is my opinion, Mr. FSP. To use opinion, but it might happen. Um, given how far he fell from last year's number one, uh, year one to year two, it's safe to assume Gurley will bounce back to some degree. Sean McVay is installing a zone-blocking scheme that better fits his skill set, and the offensive line will almost certainly improve. But whether he'll ever be the back we saw during the dynamic first few weeks of his rookie season remains to be seen. There will be risk involved in drafting Gurley this season, but if McVay can tap into the talent that turned him into an immediate star in 2015, it could pay off. And I'm telling you, zone blocking is what Todd Gurley needs to be that beast. He's a one-cut-and-go type of guy. He's not a let-me-read-that-hole. You know, no, it's a one-cut-and-go. Outside Gurley, will any Rams offensive player be a reliable fantasy uh, contributor? Relying on the Rams offense is not uh, for the same part, but until Jared Goff gets more help or an unproven receiver emerges, considering him for your fantasy roster is not advised. In deeper leagues, there are some intriguing sleeper options with late-round upside. Second-year tight end Tyler uh, Higby is extremely athletic, and fits the mold of a uh, vertical threat that McVay loves to use in his offense. Look at Mr. Reed in Washington. Just telling you. If he develops, he has starting tight end potential. New out Robert Woods and rookie uh, Cooper Cup could turn out to be solid flex options later in the season. Robert Woods came from the Buffalo Bills. Good player. Very good player, but he played the slot. He's going to be asked to be the man 
Bobby Kenny Britt is gone, if I'm not mistaken. But um, Tavon Austin is the man, and Tavon plays in the slot. Just remember that, okay? Uh, will the Rams' defense return to relevance? The Rams lost some depth along the defensive line with a uh, quality safety in TJ uh, and a quality safety in TJ McDonald. But with new defensive coordinator Wade Phillips, fantasy relevance seems like a certain certainty. Phillips will highlight Aaron Donald's strength with Robert Quinn off the edge from a linebacker spot. Oof! The Rams could become a pass rushing nightmare. The defensive backfield is still short on turnover and inducing quarterbacks, but the switch to Phillips 3 4 is sure to give the whole unit a boost. Now, listen, you put Robert Quinn on a Ethan Wade Phillips doing an excellent job. What are your thoughts on the defense first? Todd Gurley second, and Jared Goff and those receivers third. They have to get the passing game in order for Todd Gurley to succeed. They have to shore up that offensive line, which they did over the on paper over the um, offseason. Now it's up to um, the new head coach, that offense coming from Washington to um, Los Angeles to put that offensive line to work to protect Jared Goff so he can progress to another level than, than what he showed last year on that horrible offensive line that couldn't block for Todd Gurley for the most part. And we're getting their what's handed to him in path protection. Uh, the defense is going to be the defense, and especially with Wade Phillips, that's going to be the strong suit of this team until the offense, for whatever amount it takes, uh, if they, they can catch catch up to the uh, defense. Um, but it all keys in on um, uh, Jared Goff progression. If he can uh, build on what he uh, had going last year um, and, and uh, make some strides, uh, this team may surprise because they have the defense that can make them competitive in each and every game. Offense has to come through. That's the big story. That's the big question. Can they do it? I agree. Um, and I think player that's going to have a lot of, of adjusting to do is Alec Ogletree because he, he's not been in a 3-4 defense. He's been the signal caller and will continue to be the signal caller. But at the same time, now he needs Aaron Donald to eat up those double teams and to take on the guard so the guard doesn't get that second level. The South Alabama, the guy 6'3", 239. Second pick, uh, Topper Coop out of Eastern Washington. This kid, 6'2", 204. You know, they got another a six-footer in the DB side in John Johnson out of Boston College. And then he went and got another 6'3", receiver. Josh Reynolds out of Texas A&M. So their focus was on offense in the first four that they had. They even drafted a fullback. Now, fullbacks aren't, oh, again, second question. 
was about Todd Gurley. And uh, then the third question was about uh, uh, the receiver core. JT? Say it again. I'm sorry. Say it again. I said first. Qu- the second question was about Todd Gurley, you know, him bouncing down his own blocking offense, and then the third question was, what do you think about the uh, receiving for? I think I made it quite clear that if the offensive line uh, doesn't do their job, then it, it, this, this, all these uh, speculation and analysis or whatever is mute. Uh, they have to prove themselves that. They've taken a step forward. Looks good on paper because they got guys that they got on free agency. Looks good on paper that they got some experience and guys that they can do the job. Um, but now it has to be put in, put into uh, uh, to actually put it on the field. Uh, Todd Gurley, I, I expect him to be uh, playing a lot better, especially with Sean McVay. Um, it's going to showcase their most strongest suit is running the football with Todd Gurley. So he's going to showcase him and, uh, uh, and bring along Jared Goff slowly along with the core receivers they have with Robert uh, Wood and, and uh, um, Cooper cup and, and company. Hey. So we'll see what happens. Okay. Right. It, it's, 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 it's well, uh, a wait, wait and see with this core because the fact is, New coach, new offensive philosophy, new offensive um, pieces on the offensive line. It all has to come together. You don't know what you're going to get until it actually puts the rubber to the road. Absolutely true. But with the 17th toughest schedule in the uh, NFL, which is middle of the pack, it's going to be tough on these guys. And last year in the major statistical areas, they were last or second to last. So they were last in scoring, second to last in rushing, second to last in passing, last in uh, third down efficiency, last in red zone trips, last in red zone touchdowns, uh, 25th in red zone touchdown percentage. I mean, they, they have nowhere to go but up, literally, on the offensive side of the ball. But with this schedule, with this schedule, I'm sorry to tell you, um, they're – I, I think it's going to be good if they get six wins this season. I mean, that's just my opinion. Thoughts on that? Uh, I, I see them about about that. Uh, five and eleven, six and ten, somewhere around there, which is, you know, I mean, Jeff uh, Jeff Fisher didn't do, do, do too much, and he made uh, um, a living out of being sub five hundred with, with this team, so. Uh, Sean McVay, he's got a lot of things to improve. Offense needs to improve. Defense is there, and Wade Phillips is going to be on point with the defense. The offense has to catch up. Six and ten, five and eleven, somewhere around there. All right, I'm with you on that. Let's go to the next team. Now, believe it or not, I think this team has got some potential. The problem is, I'm not believing the hype until they get a decent quarterback. Uh, Brian Hoyer is not a bad quarterback. He's also not 
the starting quarterback I would have uh, for my franchise. Unfortunately, this team does. And I'm talking about the San Francisco 49ers. No music for them. Um, Because they've got a lot of inconsistency and a lot of questions surrounding this team. Given the current personnel, um, what kind of offense can you expect from rookie head coach Kyle Shanahan? It would be foolish to believe Shanahan could put up the offensive numbers this year with the 49ers that he did last year with Atlanta, one of the NFL's most explosive teams. After all, the 49ers ranked last in the NFL in passing and next to last in total offense, while Atlanta scored more points than any other team. A better comparison would be the job Shanahan did in 2014 as offensive coordinator of the Cleveland Browns with Brian Hoyer, now his number one quarterback in San Francisco. Started 13 games, the 7-9 Browns ranked 17th in rushing, 20th in passing, 23rd in total offense. Not bad for a team lacking star power on offense. It's clear that Shanahan can develop an effective offense even even when outmanned. In six of his nine seasons as an NFL offensive coordinator, his offenses have ranked the top ten in total yards. If Derek Garcon, the clear number one target, will any other passengers have fantasy relevance to see the 49ers in Garcon in five years, $37.5 million contract with $20 million guaranteed to play a supporting role? He's clear cut number one target based on his contract and his resume. Garcon has 564 catches for 768 yards and 37 touchdowns in his career. Coming off a 1,000-yard season in the, uh, 2013 when Shanahan was the offensive coordinator for Washington, Garcon caught 113 passes for 1,346 yards and five touchdowns. No other wideout on the team has a resume that comes close. Marquise Goodwin, with a career-high 29 catches last year for Buffalo, Jeremy Curley, a career-high 64 the, the, the catch. Carlos Hyde is the starting running back. Carlos Hyde can't stay healthy, but when healthy, he's a beast. Passing, I'm, I'm not going to hold my breath. Garçon, as the article said, is the clear-cut number one and will receive most of the stuff. Vance McDonald could be a good guy. Robbie Gold is the kicker out there. Um, listen, They've got the 20th hardest schedule, which isn't that bad, but this team is not ready. Unless somewhere they make a trade and get Kirk Cousins or whatever quarterback that they're clamoring for. With that being said, JT, what are your thoughts? New coach, new offensive philosophy, um, an <clears throat> a inconsistent running back, um, a passing game that's questionable. Two quarterbacks, one the starter, one the backup with pop gun arms. Uh, I don't expect too much from this team, and, and a defense that you don't know what type of defense it's going to be. Let me put it that way: um, what, is it going to improve or is it going to remain the same? Um, like you said, they have the twentieth. Hardest or easiest schedule, whatever way you want to look at it. Um, basically, around the middle of the pack, uh, and with limited offensive weapons, in my opinion. So, with a with quarterbacks that are limited in what they do. Even though Kyle Shanahan 
can get the best out of Brian Hoyer. Um, and, and Brian Hoyer fits, pretty much fits this system and knows how to work it. I can't expect too much from the uh, San Francisco 49ers. I know um, <clears throat> that uh, Jeremy Curley on the NFL Network la- last night did 10-6 and six from the San Francisco 49ers. Bold statement. Jeremy Curley needs to be drug tested. He needs drug tested. 10-6 and six that he predicted. Okay. So I don't see it. I see them somewhere around where the Rams are. 5-11, 6-10, maybe even 4-12. and 12. I mean, we have to wait and see, though. We have to wait and see. I agree with that. I agree with that assessment. Oh, really? Really? Really, dude? Really? You guys just play your music? Well, no. The, the only the only reason that music is is it I have my cell phone next to me and, and um it's my mother calling me and oh, after I get off of this, after I get off of this program I'm due to go to a family re, a big family reunion so she's probably calling me to find out where I'm at. Mom excuse works you know I love Mama Taylor me and Mama Taylor that's buds. Um, I'm going to say this that the 49ers We'll have a much improved defense. When you have Ruben Foster and you have Navarro Bowman in the middle, Ruben Foster is going to beast. I think he's one, He's the defensive version of Herschel Walker, a guy born to be in the NFL and ready out of college, ready out of, um, of high school. Um, and Solomon Thomas is a very good defensive end. Very good. I would have picked him as my number one pick overall. I would have gotten uh, old boy. Um, now on to the last team in the NFC West. Uh, team who I think they're going to have identity problems because they got a lot of young running backs. But Eddie Lacy's going to take that job and keep it. Procise and all these other guys, I'm, I don't think it's going to happen. I don't think it's going to happen, but let's see what the NFL insiders have to say. Russell Wilson's numbers took a dip last season with injuries and poor offensive line play largely to blame. Are we expecting a better, uh, better things or more of the same? I'm actually expecting it to be better because Jimmy Graham finally got a, uh, became a part of that offense. And when you let Jimmy Graham become a part of that offense, good things happen. Um, Look for Wilson's number numbers to increase, no matter who's blocking for him. The Seahawks should make it go during the last season or in the off season. Wilson is too valuable of an asset to get beat up to a pulp again. Other than Doug Baldwin, should the Seahawks receiver be a fantasy radar? Any Seahawks receiver be on the fantasy radar? Hmm. Tanner Lockett is coming off a broken leg, not a uh, meniscus or cartilage tear, so expect him slowly ease back into action and experience a significant number of uh, fall-off. Jeremy Curse, uh, excuse me, Jermaine Curse is a noticeable decline in danger of losing his starting job and fading into, into obscurity. Uh, that, le- that leaves Paul Richardson. He's healthy faster than most who are flanked outside and made some incredible catches last season. 
looking for a breakout pass receiver, get a flyer on Richardson. Okay? Ooh. Ooh. Um, you know what? I'm going to put it out. I don't think they do make the playoffs. I think they're going to fall short. I think they're going to be one of these teams that are uh, 10 and 6, but not good enough to make the playoffs. That's where I see them. I can I think I, I, I think that's that, exactly where on. I see that. Okay, games. And, and like you've always said, it's not who you play, but when you play them. So the first mm-hmm. game at Green Bay, San Francisco at Tennessee, Indianapolis at the Rams, and then they have a bye in week uh, six. So, again, that Green Bay game towards the middle of the season probably would have been a tougher game for them. Um, it's still going to be tough, and I give that a toss-up. I think they beat San Francisco. I think they lose to Tennessee at Tennessee. Tough game with Indianapolis, but I think Indianapolis is going to really suck this year, so I give it to them. I think they lose at L.A. First game at the Rams. I think they lose that, okay? Then they come back, and it's not easy at all. After the bye week, they to the Giants, Cardinals Thursday night, Atlanta Monday night, at San Francisco, Philadelphia, at Jacksonville, the Rams at Dallas, when Dallas is getting a stride back, they finish the season hosting the Cardinals. That's not easy. After that no. bye week, ooh-wee. Um, but 10-6 is a very likely uh, record and just falling short of the playoffs. I agree with you 110% on that. Um, anything else you want to add to that? Uh, no. Nope. No, no, that's not it. I just, you know, that, that I've said what I said about the, the Seahawks. Um, I, wait a minute. Put, let me put it this way. And I just thought of, just thought of something you had said earlier, and I, I want to um, give you my opinion on it. Eddie Lacy. Still deal, dealing with ankle yes. issues from surgery, and it's not sure if he's going to be um, in any kind of shape to participate effectively in training camp. And that could go a long way on who's going to be the but starting. But his weight is down. Excuse me? But his weight is down. Well, that's fine. But, I mean, your weight can be down and you're not being playing shape and um, you're not being available. Uh, it's all it's all has to do with being available. So even if it's weight down, that's one hurdle, but it's not the total hurdle. Um, he's got to be able to uh, be in shape and be in playing shape. And if he's still dealing with an ankle issue at this late point part of the uh, um, year, Right around the corner is, is training camp uh, next week or so. Uh, that's going to be an issue. Hopefully he's not that far away. So if he misses a few um, practices in training camp uh, and but gets into the swing of things um, quickly, uh, it won't hurt the Seattle Seahawks and uh, uh, Eddie Lacy in uh, being able to participate and contribute to that offense. Otherwise, they have to rely on Thomas Rawls, who's not the most healthy guy himself and who's been pretty inconsistent. So looking for consistency and some power football and trying to get back to that beast mode 
beast mode mentality. And Eddie Lacy is supposed to be the guy who they picked up to do that. I think he's going to be, um, because you've got pro sites, you've got roles, young guys, very talented guys. But I think Eddie he's going to get a concussion. I think he's going to get a concussion. So he's going to be running that rock hard for them. Um, will he be the factor that, that helps Seattle, you know, jump over that hurdle of being a playoff team or a non-playoff team? It's going to be tough. And we got a call from the three-six that's coming in. Um, uh, not sure of the area code, but three-three-six. Uh, call. Welcome to Politics. State your name and uh, what do you got? Okay, three three six just dropped. Uh, three three six, I think. Three three six, if I'm not mistaken, is Carolina. I think. I'm not exactly sure which okay. one, but I think it's. Well, okay, thank you for the call. Even though you dropped, I appreciate you calling in. Um, we got about nine minutes left in the show, and I just want to surmise what we talked about before I let you promo the master plan tomorrow. Uh, here's my thoughts on the NFC West. We opened this up by letting Jerry give his thoughts about it. Here are my thoughts. I think the NFC West has become one of the weakest divisions in the NFL. I really do. Next to, and Jerry's probably not going to like this, next to the AFC North. Yes, I said it, next to the AFC North. Um, the reason why is because even though there are two teams that are in rebuilding uh, stages, for the uh, West, they're kind of far off, in my opinion, because the talent they have that's young, it's going to take a couple years for them to develop. And the talent they have that is veteran-like, they're at their peak now. So in a few years, they're going to be on the downslope. Uh, and that goes with the Rams as well as the 49ers. Yeah, the 49ers are trying to get young and vibrant, but look at their receiving core. Pierre Garçon is a very good receiver. He's going to get double teamed a lot because nobody's going to say, Jeremy Curley's going to beat me. He's got speed, but that's about it. Nobody's going to say Goodwin is going to be that beast. Vance McDonald is a very good run-blocking tight end and a, you know, above-average receiving tight end. Carlos Hyde uh, can't stay healthy. Uh, what do you got left? Not much. You got Tim Hightower. You've got maybe one or two other backs, but I'm not worried about them. Um, I'll tell you, 49ers, they need to develop quickly. I don't think it's going to happen, but they need to. Uh, and that leaves Seattle. They're a mix of young and old. That legion of boom, it might just need to be retooled. Richard Sherman was on the trading block. He still might be. You know, he's not that man-to-man guy. He's a good cover three guy. You know, who's going to replace Cam Chancellor? You know, uh, Earl Thomas got injured. Contemplated retiring. You know, you think about it. I'm going to load the box to stop David Johnson. 
Bruce Stanton is not a guy. And I know that, you know, Bruce Aarons is a quarterback whisperer, and I know he drafted another quarterback. But is that guy going to step up if something happens to Carson? And have they developed him adequately to step in just in case? So that's my thoughts on the NFC West. Um, they're in a rebuilding stage, and they're not the best of, of the NFC, nor are they best in the NFL. I think they're actually the worst currently. Well, you you just hit it on the head. Uh, unfortunately, uh, something came up business-wise, and I have to um, uh, not be able to do the program next uh, tomorrow. Um, so uh, the master plan will not be on the air at 10 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. Um, and uh, tune in next week where the start of training camp will be um, going on for majority of teams, um, which is, today is, what, 22nd? The majority of teams Second. will have, have uh, um, the training camp in gear, and we'll be talking about um, the NFL. And uh, training camp and uh, early impressions of what's going on in training camp. Gearing up, fantasy football is right around the corner. Um, last weekend in um, July, and right around from that is my analysis, starting in the beginning of uh, August, leading up to the first game uh, in um for the season. So quarterbacks are first. Um, let's see, with quarterbacks, tight end wide receivers and running backs, I think in that order, or I may reverse it um, because I know like people like to hear my analysis of my running backs. So I may, I may make running backs the third uh-huh. option, the third option versus the last option and leave wide receivers for last. Okay. Well, um, with that being said, uh, I will probably end up after this. The Hall of Fame game happens in oh, week August third. August third. So uh, yes, in a, I think it's August third. If I'm not mistaken, so, something like that. It's August, whatever. It's August sixth, I think. Well, somewhere around there. <clears throat> yeah. So the good times are about to roll. And I want everybody to know, if you've joined any of my fantasy leagues, or I'm in one of your fantasy leagues, <clears throat> time to get the money in. I paid all of mine, except for one. You are some, interested in joining some, my, some, my... Some people don't have it like you have huh? it. That's okay. Some people don't have it like you have it. You know what I'm talking about. So that that's... Uh, it is what it is. Well, yes, that's true. I'm not going to knock anybody's hustle. But I'm serious about this business, ladies and gentlemen. But with that being said, if I don't receive enough information or feedback from my ESPN league and people paying, I'm not going to wait till the 12th of August. I'm going to shut her down and close the league. Uh, I'm looking for new blood. I'm looking for new blood. Same thing in my Yahoo league. Uh, that's ran by Yahoo. All of those that listen to the show, those that called in. I know uh, Jeff wanted to call back in, but he's on the road. So thanks, Jeff. 
uh, whoever the caller from 336 was, appreciate you calling in uh, and listening for the few minutes that you did listen in. Um, and, of course, I got to thank my homeboy, my, my co-host, JTATM Money, for calling in and uh, giving his thoughts, even though he was so controversial and so wrong about Dan Williams. But we're not going to get into that. He's got a uh, family reunion to go to. Numbers don't lie. Call my brother. Whatever. I no man do not lie. Uh, with that, with that being said, get us out of here, JT. From you and yours to me and mine, you've been listening to Fantasy Sports and Policy. You want to talk smack? You in the right place. So take a step back before I get all up in your face. I know you got your little views, you know I got mine. But there's like 50 other dudes holding on the phone line. Your voice will be heard, sir. Next caller, please. And if I don't concur, we can agree to disagree. We talking fantasy sports.